Hello everyone, welcome to Tech Careers in the New, the new podcast series presented by Accenture. I'm your host, Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay. In this podcast series, we'll get you the latest and greatest in the world of technology that's shaping the future of business as we know it. We're talking intelligent platforms, cloud, AI, blockchain, extended reality, and a whole lot more. Every fortnight on Wednesdays, we'll have for you a hot topic with expert speakers from Accenture talking about top trends in the space, how these are changing the world and creating growth across industries. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can learn more, build your skills and expertise to grow and stay relevant in your career. So today we're here to talk about AI, artificial intelligence. And of course, again, this is one of those very interesting uh, fields of science and tech, which has been around for a while, but it's always been sort of a mystery as to what exactly it means. And I think over time and more recently, AI is a word which keeps coming up more and more in almost everything that we do all around us. So it will be really interesting to sort of demystify this technology and understand exactly how it plays out and the kind of practical applications that it has in the real world. And of course, as part of a career, if you're building a career in the field of AI. So we are going to be talking to Gopali Contractor, the Managing Director of Artificial Intelligence at Accenture and hearing a lot more about this. Thank you, Gopali, for being here. It's lovely that we could do this show together. We are, of course, here to talk about the topic of AI. And AI, while the term I think we've heard for multiple decades, if not generations, is finally something which I think most of us are seeing uh, finally uh, in use in uh, maybe in our daily life and, you know, around us today. And while we also talk about AI in the context, especially about careers and the future of AI from when it comes to work in the field of AI, one thing that comes to my mind is the fact that AI was actually supposed to take away our jobs and make life easier. But here we are trying to understand how we will change in this new world. So please, if you could tell us a little bit about the background of, of course, this technology and yourself uh, and the kind of things you're doing in this space. Uh, sure. Thanks, Shiladitya. Great to be here. Let me address the elephant in the room there. Uh, AI taking away jobs would be a problem because I wouldn't be here otherwise, right? <laughs> a little bit about myself. Uh, it's been about 18 years in the field of technology. 15 of those years were spent in the US. So I did the Wall Street route of uh, you know being a software engineer, a developer, and then uh, got into data. And that's where I found my passion. Uh, so I was building out a data warehouse, data architecting for a big uh, insurance company. And that's where I said, uh, this is where I want to be. And I believe part of it has to do with me being a woman because we kind of read between the lines <laughs> and make those data connections. It's it's very, very intuitive. But uh, I was very intrigued by data and the relationships that... Uh, we as humans are unable to see sometimes in the data and uh, AI and uh, AI is a very right fit for that because AI ju does just that. It tries, tries to augment what we as humans are unable to see uh, in data. So after the data warehousing project, I was uh, a CTO at a startup in New York City. It was a data mining startup uh, wherein we, uh, you know, um, extracted intelligence from uh, digital receipts at item level. Mm -hmm. So if you, Shiraditya, went and shopped at Amazon, 
Amazon. Uh, you know, MasterCard would only know that you spent uh, 3000 bucks at Amazon, but wouldn't have the uh, item level details, right? right? What we were trying to do is uh, get into the gold mine of saying that Sheila did, uh, bought, uh, you know, books for 2000 bucks and maybe a headphone for the 1000 bucks that he spent uh, right. at Amazon. Uh, so it was amazing. And we built that using machine learning, after which I joined Accenture, moved back to India, uh, back home, uh, joined Accenture, and I have built the AI practice in India from scratch. So I was, I seeded the practice here and now we are, you know, a good number in India and we're supporting our clients uh, using AI and its various technologies. So uh, apart from that, if we're talking about, you know, just look at the history in terms of the industrial revolution on where we were automating things. And at every point at, in the revolution, you know, the humans did think that they were going to lose jobs, but we actually didn't, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we were able to uh, go to better jobs and, um, you know, kind of do better things with our lives. So AI is that that space. I know there is a huge question mark on what it's going to do in terms of the human race. And I think I even can't answer it. Maybe we will have robots, you know, flying us everywhere around and that will be a scary world to live in. But uh, for the time being, we are looking at AI as making our lives easier, as you said, being able to augment our lives with things. And of course, there are there is, you know, there is positives and negatives to each technology. And we'll get into that a little later. But if used in the right way, I think it could be very, very powerful in what we could do in uh, with it in our daily lives, plus in the businesses that we support at Accenture. Wow. And that's that's very interesting. And exactly the, the example you mentioned, right? It's actually something which I can totally relate to. There's so much data around us, Correct. which we not necessarily always make sense of or can make sense of. If I were to just take a step back to understand the history of how AI as a field sort of specialized, right? And if you could, uh, similar to the story you just told us about your own growth path, sure. what are those uh, specific uh, domain skills which actually define uh you know the space of ai because it's also what we left behind bi business intelligence mm-hmm. data warehouse these are all data terms mm-hmm. what today stands as the crux of the ai practice maybe uh, as an example in accenture and other areas of where ai is an applied field what what is the core uh, function of what you guys are doing sure so Going back to the history, uh, AI is not new. The technology is, as you said, decades old. It's been there in Wall Street for many, many years. Uh, 60% of the trading happens right now on AI algorithms Mm -hmm. without human intervention. So that's a big number. But it was just these very uh, niche folks, PhDs in mathematics, who actually build those uh, algorithms. And these these were custom-built algorithms. So nothing that was open source or available for the common uh, software engineer to use, right? Then we had a winter of AI wherein AI, as I said, was completely out of context. You know, uh, nobody spoke AI. We were talking about automation, um, not even to the RPA level, but just automating uh, our businesses using, you know, standard software development. AI got its fancy, I think, with four things that happened in the industry. Um, Huge amounts of data. We all know that. We just spoke about it. We're talking about computing power. So we have the cloud now. 
and uh, computing is extremely cheap so it's not as expensive as it used to be right. so we could crunch a lot of data uh, in a, with very little expense uh, third is the open source community right mm-hmm. so you have uh, in fact uh, python uh, libraries are one of the most popular libraries being used today which are open source in ai so you you have access to these very supposedly very niche algorithms that were only you know a handful of them and folks in wall street use them and now it's out there anybody can train you know an algorithm and i'll get to the anybody a little later and last but not least uh, product companies investing in ai so you're talking about the googles the amazons the ibms and the microsofts of the world who have built out an ai framework that is extremely easy to use it's a workbench uh, you can uh, drag and click and build out uh, models of course these are black boxes but um, they're investing so much knowing that you know there is so much uh, potential in investing into ai algorithms so that was a little bit of history and in terms of practice areas in ai we at accenture the way we classify it is quite simplistic so if you think about an ai uh, algorithm as one that is mimicking a human and that's essentially what we're talking about here right we're talking about our senses so you're talking about speech you're talking about optics which is your image yeah. uh, so you talk about speech processing you talk about image processing you talk about predictive analytics or machine learning right you talk about deep learning which is the way our human brains are uh, you know mapped to mm-hmm. and you talk about uh, you know uh, last but not least uh, speech processing i spoke about but there's one more i forget but mm-hmm. uh, essentially we've classified them you know simplified them into these four classifications and they map to the way humans think so you have machine learning you have speech analytics you have virtual agents so you're talking about humanoids mm-hmm. or people who can converse with you you're talking about text analytics that's the one i left out uh, so mm-hmm. there's a huge amount of text available out there how much are you going to read so how many of us can actually go through all the news sites that we go through every day it's yeah, just impossible yeah. next to impossible so if you have a machine that could actually do that for you to analyze the text and generate a summary for you that'd be great right right but isn't that exactly what we as humans do so if i just read up a passage or an introduction on shiladitya i would read through it and i would summarize it in my head right but i can as a human only do it to that scale right. what we are trying to do with ai is just kind of build out the scale immensely and the important thing to note is as we build this out we as humans work in our ethics and our value system right we are born with certain not born but raised with certain kind of ethics and value system that's important for ai algorithms to be governed by this value system correct because you're now not talking rules based you're not talking zero one this is all probabilistic right uh, so uh, what i'd like to kind of focus on is um, any outcome of an ai algorithm is a probabilistic outcome just as we humans are for a probabilistic outcome to carry weight it has to be governed by a set of values ethics and responsibility and i think that's where the responsible ai part comes in where, which we can kind of talk about a little sure. later uh, to take on from there right what uh, what are some real world uh, examples maybe if you could uh, share with us about how these specific uh, you know methods you just mentioned right of course the the, the compute power and the capable and the algorithms obviously are mature and have matured but what is a practical example uh, which you could maybe share where 
this was actually put in place and of course led to a positive outcome either for a business or an organization or something in which a listener would relate to. Sure. So let me walk through the practice areas and give you a case study each. Virtual agents, we I think we all use them. We yeah. are on our bank side. So that's yeah. a no-brainer. Chatbots. Yeah. yeah. So those are the thing. And uh, I don't know how many of us actually have used them and I have and they kind of work. So that's, yeah. that's, that's an application of natural language processing. Right. Because the input to a virtual agent could be anything, right? Uh, it's yeah. it's not a fixed input, and when I so the probabilistic input, because a human may you may ask a question differently than I would, Correct. right? So responses have to be in that domain. Uh, so that's a very simple application, and everybody wants to do wants to do chatbots because of course. You kind of tick off uh, on your check, uh, you know, list saying you've done, you've done AI, right? right? The second thing we've seen is a lot of traction on image analytics. Um, with Google and its image data, uh, there's a concept called transfer learning, wherein you can build out uh, image processing or image classification algorithms by using uh, learned algorithms. So what Google provides to us is an ImageNet database of images, mm-hmm. wherein it already knows what a human is versus what a cat looks like, right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is that feature abstraction is already mm-hmm. done for you. And then you kind of customize it on top of it and build out your image analytics model. So to give an example of lymphoma, if you were to kind of use a human eye versus or even under the Microsoft and uh, versus using an AI algorithm, it'd be much more accurate to be able to diagnose it because the amount of images you can feed into an AI system Correct. would be much, much more than right. what a human eye or the pathologist has seen before, Correct. right? So accuracy, so in terms of uh, the diagnosis of a lymphoma versus, you know, uh, being able to catch it early. Wow. So the, the huge impact. So a lot of healthcare uh, applications. A lot of healthcare applications in AI. So that's your image analytics uh, bit. Speech processing, uh, we've done a few things uh, wherein, you know, a couple of banks have come to us that we have all these recordings on the customer care, uh, you know, yeah. the PP, uh, the support and a lot of analytics on it. So if speech is converted into text, you're losing out the sentiment of it, right? Right. So if this conversation were just to be a piece of paper, it'd be very, very boring. Exactly. And I hope this conversation is not as boring as that. But so in order for us to capture that sentiment, which has a lot of analytics, whether the customer was happy, sad, etc., how to route the customer to, uh, to a better customer service, agent, etc. Summarizing, uh, you know, the customer service agents, um, you know, diagnosis of the situation, mm-hmm. converted in, converting into text and then running analytics on it. So huge in terms of what can can be done in the speech space. So that's uh, an application of speech. Wow. Uh, you're talking uh, predictive analytics. So let me get to a very crass IT problem where you're trying to figure out whether a server is going to crash or not, right? Mm -hmm. And the DBAs are not able to figure it out Mm -hmm. in spite of having, you know, n number of experience, etc. They're seeing, looking at the logs, but they're not going to be able to look at all the logs that are produced. And they're not going to be able to see the pattern in the data with a human eye that Mm -hmm. a machine can, because we're going to be able to train the the machine with, you know, years of logs, right? Right. Uh, So we are now able to predict a server before it fails 15 minutes, right before it's going to happen. Wow. So kind of avert disaster there, right? So these are very, very niche applications, but amazing in terms of the business output that we can, uh, you know, kind of give it because you're talking data, but you're talking data relevant to the domain. And if trained the right way, uh, it could be used to augment the human 
So yeah. again, we are talking about not replacing humans here. We are trying to say an AI system will be able to augment uh, the human to do his or her job better. These are practical examples you just gave us, which uh, sort of we were managing with earlier, right? We mm. were these were things which we uh, which we knew we needed more computing power to do or we needed uh, I would say more models and more examples to sort of better train the AI models that we have and hence now they're performing at scale and they're able to do these things where is the takeoff point from here I mean if you could allude a little to what's the future is now that we are on this curve of AI adoption being mainstream where does this exponentially grow to and what is the maybe near and of course the far future you said is us flying around on robots but mm-hmm. what's what's immediately after this and especially to the fact that there is this uh, concept of augmenting human skills what's the direction or directions in which uh, this is now going so uh AI is not there yet in terms of being mainstream. Yes, we talk about it, but uh, the limitation of... uh, So AI is not magic. So let's get that out of the way here, right? It is a computer system that has been built by humans, just like any other programming, uh, a set of uh, programming software would be, right? Without data, AI is nothing. So the, the bottleneck is that if there is no relevant data... You're not going to, so it's garbage in, garbage out. If you are going to train an AI algorithm with irrelevant data, we're not going to be getting the right outcome, which means that you're really not going to be using it for the purpose that it should be. So we're facing challenges in uh, getting the right data for our customers. So we are kind of uh, trying to fix that challenge because there's a lot of open data sources out there as well, Mm -hmm. plus the domain expertise. Now, um, in the podcast world, right, I wouldn't know what features make for a good podcast. That'd be you who would know that, right? right. You are the domain expert in this room. So if, if I were to start on a journey of building a model for how well this particular podcast is going to do, I wouldn't know where to start. Right. You know, I right. just wouldn't know. And maybe Accenture would be one data point that I'd come up with that it's it's a, a brand and, you know, people might want to l- listen to someone from Accenture. But that'd be the beginning and end of it. Mm-hmm. But if it were you, you would come up with 10 other features and we call them features in, our, in AI lingo, right? So extremely important that we have the business expertise involved in building out that model. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, it was before software development, you give a set of business requirements, uh, you know, the a programmer goes and does it in a silo, tests it out with some some test examples, and you're done. Right. This is more of an iterative process, because you may say that, you know, give me some examples of a podcast, but you may say that point A is has more weightage than point B. Mm. The fact that it is a technology space, you know, for example, and a podcast is a technology, you know, digital yeah. type of a forum means it's going to do well, better than a podcast in art, for example, right. okay. you know, something like that. Okay. Correct. Okay. So it's extremely important to understand that this is an iterative process of building the model and the players or the actors involved in the process are, of course, the data scientists, but also the business, uh, the domain experts and without which we're not going to be able to do that. So AI hasn't taken off yet. Mm-hmm. So that exponential curve is not there yet. Mm-hmm. With all this, again, I'm talking to Shiraditya as a human and his biases Right. With the 10 features that he gives me, right? right? So he may give me features that may not be important, but that was his point of view, correct? Because we are training a computer system to act human-like, mm-hmm. 
there has to be governance to say did Shila did do the right thing type of thing or mm-hmm. did Gopali kind of create the right features out of it mm-hmm. and that's where responsible AI comes in so as Accenture we are very very big into responsible AI uh, and let me give you a simple example so if you think about a nurse the first thing that comes to your mind is a lady correct be yes. honest yes? yes right yes absolutely. you think about a doctor the first thing that comes to your mind is a man that's true and this yeah. is human bias correct yeah. now even with Google, we've built human bias in our data itself. Because at the end of the day, it's humans creating this data. Correct? correct. So what are we telling our clients? That there is already bias in your data. You're saying a nurse always is a woman versus a doctor always is a man. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you want to neutralize this bias? To kind of cut out human bias completely from it. Correct? correct. And once you cut that out, then your alg- the outcome of your algorithm is completely different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, is it ethical to do so? That's a question that has to be answered, right? With the client, uh, with our customer in, in the conversation. We can't make this decision in a silo saying, maybe it is a valid scenario in their business context. Right. Correct? Right. So we at Accenture cannot make this decision just by ourselves. It has to be in the client context saying, I'd like to neutralize this bias in the data and then feed it into an algorithm and then see what the outcome is. Wow. So you understand yes. the implication. And this is an extremely simple example. You talk about race, you talk about, you know, you can talk about anything, age, gender, sex, all kinds of things. And you can understand the implications of this, right? right. And how bad it could be if this were not controlled of, or we were not responsible enough to say, hey, stop for a minute. Let's, let, let's look at the data and right. see if it's actually the right thing. Right. So there's, there's an interesting element here, I think, which you just uh, mentioned, right? The fact that what we're asking from AI or implementations of AI is always answers, right? We are looking for answers which this piece of software arrives at faster than what a human could arrive at. Uh, But it's important that the inputs given to it and the way it interprets them are governed by rules or uh, directives which are set uh, by the people who are practitioners of this subject. Absolutely. Uh, But in this context, now it's a great time for me to ask you so what is the kind of skill set mm-hmm. uh, apart from the obviously the the i would say the ethical ba- morale mm-hmm. uh, in character that one would need of course to build ai systems what is the skill set you're looking for and you look for in your team maybe and uh, people in this domain who want to pursue careers in this domain so a i look for folks that have a data background uh, maybe because i am biased to I, I am from the of data course. background so a little biased to that but it helps a whole lot because at the end of the day you're crunching data right. so if you've architected a data uh, data system if you've worked on data warehouses if you've do- worked on bi as you said you know absolutely easy to kind of uh, you know uh, fit into the ai stream right mm-hmm. if if you have no prior knowledge of ai that's one second Uh, there's a new kind of workforce that's emerging here wherein you're saying you know if it's NLP which is natural language processing how about a person with NLP plus linguistics Uh, so has learned a bunch of languages Hmm. because as we start building out these NLP algorithms in a variety of languages the intent of each language is extremely different so talk about India right the number of languages we would need to support in India and its dialect yeah. And the underlying intent, it's yeah. its like the context completely changes. right? It's a if, huge exercise. So can you imagine yeah. the, the amount? So if a person who knows Marathi does NLP for me for a, a, a system in Marathi, wouldn't that be much better? 
Correct. So I'm not looking for one dimensional folks who are just, you know, kind yeah. of crunching data without thinking about the overall. Right. So you're talking about, you know, this combination, maybe, uh, you know, a person for the ethics bit, a person who has machine learning expertise with and a lawyer type of thing. Wow. Wherein, yes. So uh, a person like that in my team that kind of wears the ethical hat and says, you know what, this is not right. Or we got a kind of ethical hat in the in the society kind of a bit, okay. you know. Okay. Um, so. A very, very different and creative folks. So you have to get creative with these solutions. There are many right ways to do it, mm-hmm. right? So what is the best right way? And and answers are always probabilistic, right? Mm-hmm. So again, not determinism. There's not one route that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if it's not an if then else statement. It's mm-hmm. more than that. So um, someone who's not just a programmer mindset, you, you have to be a little that. free thinkers. Free thinkers, uh, creative folks. Uh, like my son who's reading up on economics is also reading up on you know data science oh. so that combination will be amazing you know going forward because you know you have all this knowledge of economics and how to apply data science to kind of predict economies etc right so those are the type of uh, workforce that's emerging it's a way off uh, you know maybe a decade off but um, whoever the young folks that are listening to this I think those are the things that you got to keep in mind do the science bit but also get a humanities aspect uh, yeah. in your learning so you have a, like a complete uh, all-round kind of a a skill set. That's great. I was going to ask you what's the recommended reading here, but I think it's uh, literally two separate sets of books uh, which yeah, are yeah, asking yeah. of people it's, to. I am, yeah, actually. Uh, to go into. Yeah, yeah. But great. I think this is going to really build a very interesting new uh, uh, future for work in this space. And uh, it's great that we, you could come here and share this with us. I think it's an eye opener for all of us listening, and I'm sure uh, it'll get a lot of folks kicked about this space and uh, the interesting stuff you're doing here. Thank you so much, Gopadi. This was amazing. And we, of course, hope uh, to hear more about AI and, of course, what Accenture is doing in this space. And uh, hope you have more people on the team to uh, help build the good AI of the world. Sure. Thanks so much. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gopali. This was a very interesting conversation. I think, of course, the practical applications of AI was one of the most important things, uh, which I think is we're going to see a lot more of going forward, uh, regardless of the field it's applied to, whether it's computer vision, whether it's healthcare and so on. So I think there's a lot of things which AI is going to make life easier for. And of course, there's a lot of things that will change as we as humans adopt AI more and more. So this was really interesting. I hope everyone listening in uh, had a fun conversation, uh, you know, about how this technology came to be. And of course, as it will be become more and more part of our lives. So I'm hoping that a lot of people are inspired to take this up as a space uh, for their professional careers. To all of you who are listening in, if you're excited about what we discussed here today and if you're interested in exploring careers with Accenture, check out the open positions at careers.accenture.com. On the next episode, we're talking cybersecurity. But until then, I'm your host, Shiladitya, on Tech Careers in the New, the podcast series presented by Accenture. Sachin Tendulkar, Virat Kohli, Don Bradman, and now Cyrus Brocha. Okay, probably not in the right company. I mean, Don Bradman is Australian. But it's called Cyrus Says. A wonderful show about everything. Find the show on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Cyrus Says is brought to you by Storytel. 
keep in mind that if you go through storytell.com/ivm you get a 30 day free trial as against a 14 day free trial on the link right it's very simple all you got to do is log on to storytell.com/ivm millions and millions and millions of stories many written by me did you know that parsis in mumbai instead of being left at the tower of silence after they die are now cremated and why because a cow fell sick in the early 1990s did you know that the smog in delhi is caused by something that farmers in punjab do and that there's no way to stop them did you know that there wasn't one gas tragedy in bhopal but three one of them was seen but two were unseen did you know that many well intentioned government policies hurt the people they're supposed to help why was demonetization a bad idea how should gst have been implemented why are all our politicians so corrupt when not all of them are bad people i'm amit varma and in my weekly podcast the seen and the unseen i take a shot at answering all these questions and many more i aim to go beyond the scene and show you the unseen effects of public policy and private action I speak to experts on economics, political philosophy, cognitive neuroscience and constitutional law so that the insights can blow not only my mind but also yours. The Seen and the Unseen releases every Monday. So do check out the archives and follow the show at seenunseen.in. You can also subscribe to The Seen and the Unseen on whatever podcast app you happen to prefer.